Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Good morning. I'm Stephen Dethridge, and this is my 11th year at West Hills Friends. Yeah, wow. Today's scripture reading comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9. Verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now, get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Saul was now blind. Chapter 17. The Lord's disciple, Ananias, 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 we'll just go with that, (laughs) went to the house where Saul was staying and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road to Damascus, has sent me to you so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, the scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, Paul regained his strength. He spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, Paul began to preach in the synagogues synagogues, that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on Jesus' name. Today's roomy reading comes from Chickpea to Cook. A chickpea leaps almost over the rim of the pot where it's being boiled. Why are you doing this to me? The cook knocks her down with the ladle. Don't you try to jump out. You think I'm torturing you. I'm giving you flavor, so you can mix with spices and rice and become the lovely vitality of a human being. Remember when you drank rain in the garden? That was 
for this. Grace first, sensual pleasure, then a boiling new life begins so that the friend will have something good to eat. Eventually, the chickpea says to the cook, boil me some more. Hit me with the skimming spoon. I can't do this by myself. I'm like an elephant that dreams of gardens back in Hindustan and doesn't pay attention to his driver. You're my cook, my driver, my way into existence. I love your cooking. The cook says, I was once like you, fresh from the ground. Then I boiled in time and boiled in the body. Two fierce boilings, my animal soul grew powerful. I controlled it with practices and boiled once more and once beyond that and became your teacher. In the 1940s, Nelson Mandela joined the African National Congress. He was a leader of peaceful protests against the white minority's oppressive, oppressive regime, regime in racially divided South Africa. But when the government cracked down on those protests, Mandela helped lead an armed and violent resistance. He was arrested at a police roadblock in 1962 and put on trial for sabotage. He was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment. But the story didn't end there. Mandela spent nearly three decades in prison where he could have given in to hatred and despair. But instead, Mandela transformed himself into a champion of freedom and became the face of the anti-apartheid movement. When Mandela was asked how his years in prison had affected him, he answered, I came out mature. Released from prison in 1990, Mandela participated in the eradication of apartheid and in 1994 became South Africa's first black president. While presiding over the transition from apartheid minority rule to a multicultural democracy, Mandela saw national reconciliation as the primary task of his presidency. He said, the courageous people do not fear forgiving for the sake of peace. Mandela oversaw the formation of a Truth and Reconciliation Commission and stated that the commission's work helped South Africa move away from the past to concentrate on the present and the future. Mandela never wavered in his devotion to equality and democracy, and despite terrible provocation, he never answered racism with racism. Saul became Paul. The chickpea mixed with spices so that the friend would have something good to eat. And Mandela sought truth and reconciliation. Transformative change is possible. Even when things seem too hot or too dark for hope. I came upon a prayer for a new society at Mount Angel Abbey and placed them in the pews. 
I'll share some of it with you. Creator God, timeless preserver of resources, forgive us for the gifts that we have wasted. Renew for us what seems beyond redemption. Call order and beauty to emerge again from chaos. Convert our destructive power into creative service. Help us heal the woundedness of our world. Abiding God, loving renewer of the human spirit, unfold our violent fists into peaceful hands. Stretch our sense of family to include our neighbors. Stretch our sense of neighbor to include our enemies. Until our response to you finally respects, respects and embraces all creation as precious sacraments of your presence. And when we have been delivered from freedom, please teach us to dance. <clears throat> Friends, we live in dark times, and it is hard to see the light. But we are called to be light in the world. There's a song by Father Consiglio that has been sung at Jesuit High School for years. It says, there is a light that can overcome the darkness. There's no darkness that can overcome the light. I have two queries for you today. First, where are you finding light in a world that seems to have been plunged into darkness? Second, what opportunities do you have to share that light in the world? <clears throat>